girls out there, especially if you're listening right now, know your worth. Be who you want to be and work hard. You you are as good as anybody else. And I honestly believe that. So I feel like if you've got that positive thought in your mind, then you'll just go for it and you'll smash it. You'll be absolutely fine. And yeah, don't listen to any rubbish if anyone says it. That's, that's the easiest way around it. Welcome to the Power Hour, the weekly podcast that will motivate you to pursue your passion and to achieve success. I'm Adrienne Herbert, international speaker, fitness coach, Adidas global ambassador and entrepreneur. Each week, I'll be talking to today's leading coaches, creatives, change makers and innovators to find out their daily habits, morning routines and rules to live by. The Power Hour is all about taking just one hour each day to help you improve your life and unlock your full potential. Whether you want to build a business, write a book, run a marathon, or maybe you're just looking for a spark of inspiration, the Power Hour is going to help you get there faster. Welcome back to the Power Hour podcast. Today's guest is a woman with an infectious energy and a voice that you will recognise. She became the youngest ever breakfast host presenter at the age of just 19. She's had the most incredible career in broadcasting and DJing, and she travels around the world DJing at some of the biggest events, including Global Gathering and V Festival, and the list goes on. Welcome to the show, Charlie Hedges. Oh, thank you so much. That's the nicest thing that someone's ever said to me. <laughs> that is really well, sweet. It's all true. And also, I should probably say, we're recording this, obviously recording remotely, yeah. on one of the hottest, most glorious <laughs> sunny days. So, Charlie, thank you so much for A, giving us your time, and no. B, recording when you could be sitting out in the sun getting the glow up. Listen, I'd rather speak to you, to be honest with you. So, no, it's, it's me that should be thanking you. Thank you for having me, mate. Thank you. Oh, wicked. Okay, so to kick it off, I'm sure that the listeners, as I said, will recognise you and your voice. But for anyone listening who doesn't know much about you and what you've done in your career journey so far, could you take us back to, I guess, when you got started? You know, as I mentioned, being 19 and, you know, the host (laughs) of The Breakfast Show, that is a big gig. Do you know what? It's it's mad, really, when I when I actually do think back to like being at school. So we'll go way, way, way back um, to around 13 years old. Mm-hmm. And basically, I, I knew from a really young age, I was also always, always, always into music, uh, grew up listening to music. My parents very rarely had the TV on. It was always music in the background. So I kind of knew from quite a young age that I wanted to be in music. Um, anyway, got to about age 13 and I saw an advert in a local magazine for, um, they were looking for a freelance journalist and it was for um, a magazine that was monthly called Naked Tongue, which was um, loads of interviews with bands and just big music led um, articles, which I was really into at the time. I used to love reading loads of magazines. Anyway, my mum and dad was like, do you know what? I know obviously you're only 13, but why don't you apply? They was looking for like a full on <laughs> like professional. So I contacted them. Uh, I called them up and said, look, I'm, I'm at school. I'd really like to get into journalism. I love music. Would you be interested in taking me on for some work experience? So anyway, bless them. They said yes straight away, which is incredible. And it sort of went from there, really. So when I was at school, one of my teachers um, at break time, she used to let me use one of the empty studios um, and the empty classrooms. And she would basically let me use my phone during break to call loads of different celebrities, PAs at the time, which I'd find like on Google, just don't do loads of research. And I'd just blag my way through interviews and, and chatting to celebs over the phone and then get 
I actually managed to get those interviews published in the magazine. Anyway, went on from there. My dad, who is a London uh, black taxi driver, he actually picked up a DJ at Kiss FM at the time when I was about 13. And he was like, look, my daughter has just started uh, doing some work for this magazine. Could she come up and interview you guys? They said, yes, my dad is an amazing talker. Like, literally, he's incredible. If you ever get in my dad's cab, guys, I apologise in advance. <laughs> I've been in Honestly, I've been in meetings before where people have gone to me, um, this is really random, but is your dad a cab driver? And I'm like, yep. Uh, <laughs> yep, he's told us all about you. So, yeah, so my dad was incredible. He basically got me an interview with the DJs at Kiss at the time, went up and interviewed them. And then it went from there. I, I just started doing work experience um, up at Kiss. I used to go every single half term, go up on a Saturday, Sunday, whenever I could really, and just learn the ropes. And um, But Charlotte, you're saying all this stuff, you know, I did this, I did that. Yeah, yeah. You're, you know, 13 years old. I think most 13-year-olds, like, I mean, I don't know what, <laughs> now it's probably different because they're like YouTube stars. But I think, you know, when I think back to being 13 and I don't know, my peer group, it definitely wasn't on the radar to kind of go and I wouldn't have had the confidence perhaps to to go and interview celebs and even the I guess the fortitude to think about getting work experience in in media and did you think at, at that time were you thinking oh I'm getting experience in this industry or did you just think this is fun do you know what I, I really did I, I've honestly got to say thank you to my mum and dad really because they are from a very early age installed like just sheer hard work and being driven into me but the, the craziest thing is, is that if you knew me, well, even now, like if you knew me back then, if anybody looked at me in a classroom, out in public, I would go bright red. I was one of the shyest people. And and even even now, I know obviously what I do for a living and half the time I just inside just blag it because sometimes you do still catch me out going really red. So there was just something inside me that knew I wanted to be a DJ, knew I wanted to work in journalism. And I just thought, you know what, sod it, I'm going for it. And and nothing was going to stop me really. And, and to have my parents and my brother behind me, backing me, it was just a force of, do you know what, if you want it, go for it. Do you know what I mean? Mm, I love that. And actually, you know, crediting that your parents as you said, instilled that in you. But also, I think as a child, you know, you believe what your parents tell you right down Definitely. to, you know, Santa and the Easter Bunny. Like you believe what your parents say. So if your parents say to you, you know, for example, uh, if, if you said to your parents, oh, I want to do this job or I want to, you know, become this or go there. And they kind of go, oh, you know, don't get your hopes up. You know, that's a little, that's unrealistic or don't, they kind of, want to like sometimes plant the child's feet on the ground and say oh, don't dream too big and don't mm -hmm. be too ambitious whereas I think the reverse of that clearly if, if they're telling you yes go for it or you know speaking to someone in the car and going oh my daughter could come and do this I guess on some level that just must have given you this innate sense of confidence to go well my parents think I can do it so clearly I can. Without a doubt I never ever forget in my lunch breaks at school, 13, 14 years old, I would be bricking it. And I'm talking like shaking. <laughs> my hands would be shaking on the phone to PAs and to the celebs that I was interviewing at the time. I would be pe literally petrified. I, I cannot even tell you. But in the back of my head, it was always, this is an opportunity. I was meant to do this for whatever the reason. I'm meant to be speaking to this person right now. I just have to go for it. And honestly, that's always been in the back of my mind, just go for it. It doesn't matter how scared you are, how much you feel sick because you really don't want to do it, but you do want to do it because this is the best thing in the world. You just, I've just got over it and I don't know how. I don't yeah. know how I've done it. 
well, I guess through uh, exposure and perseverance, because I think like anything that's scary, the more times you do it, yeah. the less scary it becomes. And so, you know, I can only liken it to public speaking. People now who, you know, I love, I speak a lot, you know, at the moment, obviously it's virtually, I'm hosting webinars for, yeah. for brands. But when I speak on stage and stuff, you know, I think people who see me now think, well, you, you're a confident, extroverted person, so it must come easily. No. But actually, when I first did, like the first two, three times I actually you know prepared talks and delivered talks I remember being so nervous and you feel so exposed and it's yeah. like oh my goodness and it's just the, it's the most simple thing because yeah. I talk all day long but actually the more times I did it the more exposure the more times I got up there actually now getting up and speaking to say 200 people feels exactly the same as having this yeah. conversation with you but what so. a wicked feat like what an amazing achievement for you to to feel like that do you know what I mean that is that's credit to you because it's not easy and the fact that you've overcome all those fears it's almost like like every time you overcome a challenge, you just can't wait for the next one to come around the corner and go, yep, I'm really scared, but I'm going to smash that as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well done, it definitely well becomes, done. Thank you. I mean, it definitely becomes, as you described, like more exciting. And don't get me wrong, I still, obviously I still prepare a lot. And I think that's what takes away the nerves because I think when you prep and you yeah. do the work and you do the homework or you, you know, you rehearse or I think that's what gives you a bit of extra confidence because you think, you know what, I've, I've, I'm not blagging this. I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm, I've prepped, I've done my work and I think that kind of gives you yeah gives you a confidence but less about me I want to talk to you about you know obviously music and the industry in general but I think music moves everyone you know yesterday morning I woke up I listened to Beyonce live at Coachella I had it blasting in my kitchen and (laughs) honestly it set the tone for the rest of my day and it's just such a mood boosting thing and it can help you shift state and you know I think now about if you look on Spotify even all the different playlists we can soundtrack our lives everything from cooking to running to stretching meditation so and also I love the fact that for a lot of people we have these like music memories you know you can think of a specific summer or a breakup or you know that's all attached to music so for you looking back you know was there do you have a memory or a specific music or an artist that sparked your passion for music I think like again because my parents my parents were when I was younger into so much different types of music they still are so I grew up listening to you know a lot of Prince a lot of Lenny Kravitz um Al Green and then the other side of it a lot of house music Fatboy Slim a lot of Cold Cox a lot of you know a a real variety a lot of indie music Razorlight Oasis um the Kooks Arctic Monkeys so I think for me music is life and 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 always will be and always has and I'm exactly the same as you it can completely set the mood from the start of the day or or even halfway through the day if you're having a bit of a wobble music stick it straight on because it does completely change everything and I think one of my best memories was um my 21st birthday actually there was about there was probably 30 of us um we all went to Ibiza and I I'll never forget it was one of those moments where you're in that club, you dreamed about this moment of going somewhere like Ibiza and listening to this type of music. And I just remember thinking, this has changed me forever. It, I, I don't know why it was that sense of community, being in a club with thousands of people, being with my family. It's Yeah, I, I'll never forget that moment, really. But like you said, music is so powerful and it, and it unites everyone as well. I love the fact that you can be listening to any types of music with anybody all over the world and you become one person 
Mm, yes yeah I love that being in a crowd as you described then like oh. when you're at a festival or a concert live music for me being at a concert where you know it's cranking and it's so everything from the bass the vocals it yeah it is transformative oh, and I guess and as well as you said about you know connecting people I think everyone can have a different kind of you know genre of music that they like or a different artist but when do you ever say to someone like what kind of music do you like and they're just like I don't like music you know, everyone <laughs> likes music. So it's kind of, yeah, I guess it is a good way for, for us to connect. And given the situation right now, you know, this this COVID crisis that we find ourselves in, it's a global thing. And I think actually, you know, some things often, you know, that impact one country or one specific demographic of people. Yeah. But it's rare. I mean, obviously, it's incredibly rare that something would impact the entire globe at the same time um and I know that you've been doing uh, lockdown lives you've been doing hosting live sets and <laughs> yeah. events and raising money so usually when you're you know hosting a, a set you'd have the crowd you'd have the energy to feed back and you're like orchestrating that so how have you adapted I guess and what's the response been to the to the online events do you know what? It's been so much fun. So much fun. Like when I initially set up in my living room, the first set I did, um, I was laughing to myself really. Cause yeah, like you said, obviously you're used to um, a load of people uh, in a club or at a festival and everyone just, you know, we're all in this together, but in a weird way, we're, we're still all in this together, but from our living rooms and the responses have been so, so lovely. Um, I've done quite a few live sets now, like you said, um, a few for the NHS as well, which has been amazing being able to be a part of raising a lot of money for the NHS, which is lovely. And the responses are awesome because obviously it's no different, really. If you look at it logically, it's no different to being in a crowd. People can still shout at you and still hold banners up. And people have been communicating via Insta Live. Um, I've been shouting people out. I've had a lot of fun with it. And again, like I always try to see the positive in, in any negative, really. Um, so I'm just grateful that I've been able to still DJ, to be honest with you, um, mm. and, and just be a part of the community that I love. Yeah, amazing. And this show's going out quite soon, actually. So do you have any others coming up where we can um, where we can get involved? Oh, yes, I have, actually. Um, I haven't got a date for it yet but I know within the next two weeks I am going to be doing one for Ibiza Rocks because I was supposed to be playing out there in May and August this season mm. um, obviously the May one's definitely cancelled at the minute so yeah so I am going to be doing one for them within the next two weeks so that'll be fun come say hello <laughs> yes I'll look out for it on your on your Instagram ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Okay, so I guess, yeah, talking again around the the industry and the fact that you've carved out such an amazing career for yourself and it's, you know, over a long period of time and, you know, there's been so much change, I guess, with digital and social and streaming and all of that and you know as the host of or the co-presenter of the breakfast show alongside Ricky and Melvin yeah. you all share the stage you all share the spotlight but you've always your voice is always at the forefront of the conversation so you know the music industry has predominantly been very male-led and I don't know if that's changing I mean you probably will be able to tell us if you think that it's changing but how did you have you ever found it challenging to kind of find your voice in that space? 
Do you know what? I've always tried to, um, again, another a thing I've got to thank my parents for, really, was to always just work hard, um, given any situation, regardless if you are the only woman in the room or whether there are 10 women. Um, I, I think that it's just about picking people up, supporting other people, whether that's male, female, um, whoever you are, just being supportive of each other. And, yeah, of course, like you're saying, I mean, over the years, of course, there, you know, going back, there were a lot less women in the industry. And I just think it's wicked that one of one of my most exciting things is when I do go to a club or if I'm at work to see other women playing, it still gives me that buzz because I, I just love it. I love seeing other women doing well. Of course, I love seeing other men doing well as well. But I, I never forget, I, I've got one example where um, <laughs> it was in Ibiza and I was DJing and I was playing in this club, finished my set and I overheard this guy say, oh my gosh, that's a woman DJing. I thought it was a man. <laughs> He was like, yeah, I I mean, looking at her coming in, I thought she was going to be rubbish. (laughs) Did that not infuriate you, though? Is there that stigma still that like, oh, you know, having an expectation that it's a female DJ or a female in any in any job and they expecting to see a man and therefore thinking, oh, she's not going to be good. That would have I would have been livid, I think. Do you know what? I wasn't livid because I was like, do you know, I'm going to prove you wrong. I'm going to completely prove you wrong. And this is why being calm, cracking on with work and not letting things bother you always worked. Because at the end of my set, that same person came over to me and said that was one of the best sets he's ever seen. And he's, he apologised for what he said. So I never try to get angry. It's not worth it. It just, yeah. just you know, girls out there, especially if you're listening right now, know your worth. Be who you want to be. And work hard. You you are as good as anybody else. And I honestly believe that. So I feel like if you've got that positive thought in your mind, then you'll just go for it and you'll smash it. You'll be absolutely fine. And yeah, don't listen to any rubbish if anyone says it. That's, that's the easiest way around it. You're so right. And I guess as well, you know, as you just said, work hard because you've done the hard work. Your your work spoke, speaks for itself. Uh, my brother was actually with me at that gig and um, <laughs> I remember him looking at me and he saw my face. I, I did want to crumble, to be honest, because, yeah, they're, they're, I mean, nobody ever likes anyone saying anything negative about them. I, I think that, you know, you can back things off. Of course you can. But sometimes things still do touch you. And I remember my brother just looking at me and he didn't say anything. He just looked at me and gave me the nod and he was like, go on you can do this bless him and yeah so I love my brother to pieces again he's always been at the background of everything for me he's younger than me my brother but he's got he's got a, a very very old head on his shoulders he's 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 an amazing amazing person my brother mm, I love that story and I guess I, I kind of know that nod of like him looking at you and thinking just you wait mate just you wait <laughs> till you see what she can do I love that <laughs> And, you know, you touched then about if anyone's listening, kind of, you know, sharing a message to them. If anyone's listening to this who wants to get involved in the music industry, you know, every time I interview someone from the music industry, I, you know, obviously, as I said, it's changed so much. Yeah. And do you think that it's harder now to get to get started or to get in the door or to kind of get seen? Or do you think it's easier than ever because of the fact that we've got digital and we've got social? I think there's kind of some in some ways I'm like, surely it's easier because you can, you know, reach out to all these different people. But also, I guess it's more saturated, too. Do you know, what? I feel like everyone, whether it's 
10, 20 years ago or now, everyone's probably got their own struggle getting into any industry that they want to get into, whether it's music, fitness, whatever it is. And I just feel like there are a lot of platforms now, like you're saying, where you can upload mixes, you can send demos to, um, you know, record promoters, producers, labels. So yes, there are a lot of avenues that you can go down um, so that you don't have to be going to knock on radio stations doors anymore or, or going to a label and saying, hi, can I have a meeting? There's ways of digitally getting stuff over to them. So, but I, I wouldn't ever want to say it's easier because I, I think that's unfair. I, I just feel like if you've got that drive, then I feel like you will cut through. And that will separate you from someone else. I actually read something earlier this morning. It's really weird before I was speaking to you. And it and it said, there's only one you and that is your superpower. Mm-hmm. And I think that is such a lovely, lovely statement because, you know, if you are thinking about uploading a mix um, and, you know, and you're mixing your bedroom at home and you're uploading it, there is only one of you. So it doesn't matter if a thousand people have applied for maybe the same competition. There's only one of you. And you will break through. And I honestly do believe that if if you are dedicated enough, driven enough, and also enjoy what you're doing and, it, you know, you are passionate about the industry that you want to get into, then then I feel like you'll be heard 100%. Wicked. I love that, especially about the enjoyment factor because, you know, that's, I guess sometimes that gets lost, doesn't it? When people, they want to do something for whatever reason and maybe they just see as well, if I'm honest, the glamorous side, you know, the, the traveling around the world and the, you know, it seems so glam from the outside. And I guess with that in mind, you know, how, I think for a woman in any industry who's had a career like you have, you know, a long career, how have you managed, I guess, prioritization when it comes to work, family, social life, friends, your your own, yeah. you know, physical health, mental health? Because I think, as I said, it seems glamorous to say, oh, you're traveling here and you're doing these things. Yeah. But I'm, I know sometimes when you go somewhere and perhaps you're staying in a hotel, maybe on your own, at your different time zone, it's hard to stay connected to people. So I guess, and even things like, you know, I've got a, a good friend of mine who's a broadcaster and DJ as well. And she yeah. said she's had clashes in the past where you get booked for a gig and you're really excited about it and you're like, what a great opportunity. And then you realise, oh no, it clashes with like my best mate's wedding oh, or gosh, so my mum's birthday. or So yeah, how have you, I guess, navigated that? And has it had a, a negative impact on relationships at all? The the problem with me is is that I am a workaholic. This is the problem. Um, but that set aside, my family are always and will always be number one. But the most amazing thing about my family is they completely get it. I can't even tell you the amount of times that I've missed. Last year, I missed my best friend's wedding. I've missed um, Mother's Day's birthdays. But I always, always, always create another day for us to do something. And, and I've got such a close family that we are, obviously not at the minute, but normally we are together all the time. So we've always made special time for each other. And, and again, I think that's why it's so important to try and separate work with your home life because without my family behind me, I, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing anyway. But I, I never forget, like when I think about actual time that I've, I've obviously spent working when I was doing work experience at KISS and I just finished college and I, I remember getting a call I was starting uni 
about a week later, so I got this call and they was like, look, we are looking for a runner on the breakfast show. Do you want to come and do the breakfast show? So I was like, my gosh, this is incredible. 100%. Yeah, I'll come. I don't care what I'm doing. I'll make 400 cups of tea a day, which I did. Um, I, I just want this job. And I took the job and a week later I started uni as well. So I used to get up at 3.30 in the morning. I used to drive into um, London to um, be a runner on the breakfast show. And then I used to leave that show at nine and then drive to Union. Obviously, I did that for three years. And I... And, People used to say to me, you've, you've missed three years, really, of having to say no to quite a lot of stuff. But I never saw it as that because I was so driven that I just went for it. And I thought, you know what, I have to do it now. Again, I always believe that when an opportunity comes along, I have to take it. I have to take it because I feel like it's there for a reason. So, yes, I have missed out on a lot of times, a lot of social events, a lot of birthday parties, a lot of mates' birthday parties and events and weddings. But the closest people to me have always understood and I've always prioritised and made sure I made up for those days that I missed. Always, always. My family will always come first. Yeah, and I guess having that support, I guess, is what's made the difference, right? Because I think Definitely. having the conversation with the people in your life, whether it's a partner, whether it's friends as well, even just friends, their expectation, if they're not in, you know, if they're not freelance or they're not entrepreneurial, they might have a much, you know, really different schedule to you. Maybe they work a nine to five, maybe yeah. they, and, and it's sometimes I think challenging, even just in friendships, I've experienced that, where yeah, you feel like there's this obligation and you feel like there's almost like this guilt to saying, you know, if you, if you can't be at a certain place or whatever, and I think having that that support and having honest conversation with someone and saying, look, this opportunity, it's really, really important to me. Yeah. I guess you wouldn't be where you are now if you hadn't been able to grab on and say, yes, I'll do it. 100%. And, and it's so nice to see which friends... I'm still friends with, which is, you know, 90%, well, probably 100% of the people I was anyway. But those friends are still my friends and always will be. And it's for that reason. And yeah, again, like I've always tried to support other people. So it it's never matter, it doesn't matter what you do for a living. That person still needs support in their job, whether they are, regardless of what you're doing, mm. everybody needs that piece of support. And I feel like if you've got that stability behind you, then you have that drive to go even further. And then those special times when you do get to meet up with friends and family are even more special because you maybe haven't seen each other as much. But do you know what? One thing One thing I, I have been thinking since, obviously, we've, we've been in isolation as well, is um, not putting things off mm-hmm. till tomorrow. Now, I, with work, I always, if, if a job comes in or work comes in again, like I'm so work-focused, I just get the job done. But I feel like there's there's so much time to be had and so much time to be used that I feel like sometimes it's good to say no to stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like you don't have to say yes to everything. Sometimes you can take a step back and say no. And I do think that is one thing that we should all take away from this really, this time. Yeah, and I guess... I mean, if I'm honest, Charlie, I think perhaps it comes later on in your career. I think when you're at the start, you know, that's the personally, I feel like that's the time to, you know, really hustle. As you said, you you know, you're willing to get up at that time, make 400 cups of tea, do the thing. <laughs> you know, you probably wouldn't be willing to do that 
10, 15 years later. But I think actually there's probably a time and place for, you know, having to prioritize and your priorities change right throughout your life. And I guess, as you said about not putting things off till tomorrow, I think it's a funny one because I think in lockdown, I've definitely been having, you know, conversations with friends, different people I work with and on this show about this idea that whilst you're in lockdown, you know, I'm someone who really values the concept of time and I live with urgency and I often get told that Adrienne, you're too impatient. You're always rushing the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. You know, you've always got this busy to-do list and you're always doing, doing, doing and in striving mode. And actually a lot of people are saying this time of lockdown has been, obviously it's personal, but has been good to slow down and to reflect and to just be at home and to kind of do less. Whereas I guess if I'm honest, I'm still, you know, I'm still creating things. I'm writing a book at the moment. I'm doing these, the the show. I'm working on different projects. I'm homeschooling my son. And for me, I thrive in doing for me to think, okay, I'm going to, you know, not do anything for a couple of weeks. I don't know. I think surely it's a personal thing. I think at the end of this this time obviously it's so different for everyone and will all I'm sure be forever changed but I never want it to seem I don't want it to sound like I'm saying oh you know you don't want to waste the time and look back and think oh wasted time because there isn't such a thing but I guess yeah the idea of not putting things off till tomorrow think of how much you can do in a day a week three weeks it's been we've been at home now for eight weeks eight weeks eight weeks and I think oh my gosh honestly that's what's mad actually because I'm someone who always has a plan so I always have this like you know schedule and like at the start of the year you know you know it's so funny Same. I found a book the other day a diary that someone bought me for Christmas so funny guys the guys that I work with yeah and it says on the cover uh 2020 best year ever <laughs> that is the cover <laughs> I love it. But do you know what? Why can't it be your best year ever? That's the point. You make it. You make it good. This year could be your best year. Honestly, things are written down on paper. I completely believe them. If you throw it out there, this is going to be your best year. I I believe that. I really do. I honestly, I laughed when I saw it because (laughs) also if I scrolled through the first page, like I'd already written down, you know, London Marathon in April. I'd written down I'm going to this place. I was going to New York. Like all these things. And obviously now it's May. None of those things are happening. So it's... (laughs) It's just funny. We're all having to, we're all having to just take a look and go, well, what can we do? I guess, I guess that's the thing, isn't it? What are the things at home? As I said, it's been eight weeks, which just blows my mind. What are the things that we can do? I guess. I think what's really important as well is to um, is to go at your own pace, not to compare yourself to anyone else. Because I, I think a lot of us are guilty, me included, of you know going through Instagram, going through Twitter, Facebook, and constantly we're seeing you know what new things people are doing, and which is incredible. I, I love to see people learning new things and taking on new challenges, but I feel like it's it has to be personal to you. Don't feel like you have to you know during lockdown learn all these new things and, you know, come out the end of it and you're a different person, just be you. And and sometimes just, you know, just taking that split second to think about things, just don't stress yourself out. I do believe that, yeah, like you said, it is a very personal time for people and I feel like don't um don't compare yourself to anyone else just just do you yeah you're so right because me doing me is exactly that you know what I mean being like I said if I was saying right okay I'm gonna slow down and I'm gonna just I don't know I I don't know meditate and I'm gonna just cook a bit like that isn't me being me that's me actually trying to do what we should be doing because it's lockdown when actually as I said me being doing doing busy busy that is what I do so same I haven't stopped I I feel like I'm busier (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which is so weird I don't know how that's 
possible. But yeah, I've got I'm... friends the same though. Their social life is usually rocking. And then now I'm trying to get them on the phone, and they're like, "Sorry, I've got a Zoom call tonight. I've got a birthday party tomorrow." But this, I'm like, how are you still busy in lockdown? Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the Power Hour. So on this show, I love to hear about obviously what gets people motivated, what why they do what they do, what gets them out of bed every single day. And for me, I'm someone who once I started getting up early and, and I take the first hour of the day now, it's very conscious and cultivated. I know exactly what I want to do first thing every day. Love that. And it's really become this, you know, it was it was a game changer for me. It changed my productivity, my creativeness. It changed so many things in my life. So you get up at 5 a.m., do you? I get up between 5 and 5.30, yes. That's it, love that. Honestly, and when I say to, some people love it, some people are like, no way. In fact, I, I joked with a friend on, on Instagram Live the other day because she gets up early as well. And she said she went out for a 9 a.m. run and she can, she referred to it as midday. And people <laughs> were like dying. They were like, what are you talking about? 9 a.m. midday. But if you're up at five, then, you know, yeah, it, is. it is. Yeah. So I would love to hear from you, Charlie, uh, about if you have a morning routine. I'm sure you're, you know, uh, over the years, you've had a lot of late nights, different schedules. So do you have a morning routine and what time do you get up in the morning? Do you know what? I I don't have a morning routine purely based on what you've just said, where over the years I've been, obviously I used to do a breakfast show. So I used to be getting up at, well, 3.30, sometimes 4am. So the morning routine was waking up and getting to work um, and then finishing uni. And then now I'm doing an evening show so I'm getting home about midnight um, and, and leaving my house, obviously, late afternoon, early evening. So when I wake up, I have I've been quite good. I have been going for a few runs. Yeah. But my, the, the thing, it takes me a while to actually get on the run. So what I've been doing is waking up, having a coffee, looking through my diary, because I've still got an old school diary where I write everything down. Um, I, and I've got this thing. I have to highlight things off every day, which my whole diary is a highlight at the minute because I've missed well, as we all have about eight weeks of our lives. <laughs> and um, so I go through my diary, find out what I'm doing the rest of the day, um, put my gym stuff on and contemplate going for a run. And then I have actually been going for a run in the morning. I do feel like that hour, um, power hour, as you're saying, actually has worked out nicely. Um, listening to music and running for your life is very, very good to do first thing in the morning, which I never used to do when I was doing a breakfast show. So now... I'm fortunate that I can actually get up and go for a run. So it's been wicked. I'm loving it. Yes. I mean, you're speaking my language. Anyone who knows me knows that for me, running in the morning is absolutely the best way to start my day. I actually want to go back to when you just said about the breakfast show, because so when I talk to people on this show and often people's comments around the early start in particular, they'll say, oh, but I'm not a morning person. And then we've had, I've had a sleep scientist on the show. I've had a doctor talking about, you know, the chromosomes, why X and Y, if you're a night owl or if you're a morning person. So when you were getting up and doing the breakfast show, I mean, Mm -hmm. 3.30, 4am start, that is, that's incredibly early. So, you know, at that time, how did you do it? Are you a morning person? Did you feel, did you function well at that time? Clearly you did because you were live on radio every morning. I loved it. I, I'm a morning, daytime, night person. I just adapt. <laughs> <All of it. laughs> Honestly, I really do just adapt to the situation that I'm in. Yeah, I used to love getting up in the morning. And the boys always used to say to me, you don't love getting, how can you love getting up in the morning? But if you ask them now, they know that I genuinely did. Like I, I used to wake up every day and just be so happy and so grateful that I was getting to do my dream job. Like how am I not going to be happy? So 
I just, yeah, I loved it. I loved getting up early. And equally now, you know, I, I love going into work later. I, just, I do really just seem to adapt. And if I'm gigging as well and in clubs, and that's a, that's a whole nother ball game because I'm getting home at four. When I was used to the breakfast show, I'd be getting home at like four or five a.m. in the morning and then going straight to work sometimes. So, yeah, I just, I, I've just adapted, really. I love that, Charlie. Basically, what I think what I'm hearing is it's an attitude. It's, seriously, it's an attitude. It's a mindset. It's a choice. Saying then that you're like, you know, I felt grateful that I get to do this amazing totally. job. Everyone, I think, can look at their day or look at their life, no matter what is going on. And obviously right now, everyone's situation is different. You know, I'm very, I'm very empathetic and aware of the fact that we're all experiencing this, as I said, this global experience, but we're not in the same boat we're not all in the same circumstances yeah so but what I think about that everyone can even if it's just a small thing so you have a job to go to so you know you you can be excited that you have a job or if it's the fact that you know you're actually waking up in a bed and you've got food in your fridge like everyone's got something if they go even if they want to go really really granular to go you know what of course I'm happy to be getting up and going to do this because I have this to go to and I think that that idea of gratitude and what you just said it's just your attitude obviously clearly you know it's so your energy and the mood it's just it's a choice it's like I'm saying I'm celebrating this I'm gonna love it and therefore you know it's it's infectious it really really is thank you so much so before I ask you my closing question it's gone so quickly I could talk to you all day can you tell us where we can find you online where we can I know I mentioned about the the sets that you're going to be doing live how can we get involved so um best way to get involved is probably Instagram, Charlie Hedges DJ. Um and I'm on the radio, BBC Radio One, Monday to Thursday, nine till eleven PM with Ricky and Melbourne. So you can come say hey there. And yeah, that's it. Can I ask you a quick question before you go? Absolutely, go for it. What's your book about and when's it coming out? Because I want it. Oh, yes, yeah, so my book is actually titled The Power Hour. And it's yeah. all about it's so, so many things, but it's all about what I what I do and why what's kind of motivated me and given me this you know ambition and drive to kind of do what I want to do it's about helping others to create a life that they truly love and it's about creating that roadmap from everything from essential movement to morning routine to mindset to sleep to community to saying literally if you create a life that you love you will want to get up at half past five because you'll want to live it oh my and when is it out it's going to be out on the 31st of December this year. Yeah. Oh, what? New yes, Year's Eve present. Exactly. So, so on New Year's Day, on the 1st of Jan, people can get into it. And the thing is, it's actually, you can pre-order it. I'm sorry, I'm plugging it now, but you can pre-order no, it I'm right now it. online. It's on Waterstones and it's on Amazon. So cool. I'm so excited to share it. I really, really well am. Well done. Well done. You should be so proud. Well done. Thank you. That is so kind of you. All right. So my final question, Charlie, for you, which is all about time, because as I said, I believe it's the most valuable thing that you can give to another person and often people tell me if they had more time then they would do the things that they put off or that they want to do so if you had 25 hours now in a day I'm giving you one extra hour (laughs) every single day what would you use that extra hour to do spend time with my family easy question that is the easiest answer and easiest question for me be with my family I really do mean that as well and being you know in isolation for the last eight weeks I've, I mean, I've always appreciated my family more more than life, but pff, th- I'll have an extra hour tomorrow, please, 
just so that I can be with my family. So, yeah, that that's my answer, I'm afraid. I love that <laughs> I hope he's not boring, but... <laughs> it's not boring at all. It's that's a lovely the truth. Answer. It's a lovely answer. And I hope that, yeah, post this situation, we'll all really remember how, however we felt in this time, for better yeah. or for worse, that we'll remember it. So, no, thank you so much for that answer. And I guess last thing to say is thank you to everybody for listening to the show. Thank As you. As I said, you know, recording remotely, we are doing our best to keep the Power Hour coming to your ears, even if the sound isn't perfect. We really appreciate you tuning in every week so yeah don't forget you can subscribe rate review all that good stuff and have a fantastic week stay well stay moving keep going and thanks for listening see ya bye charlie bye mate thank you Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm, HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.